Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. The last 24 months have brought many difficulties and challenges as uh, we're a ministry that's designed to go across borders and to reach people uh, where there's been restrictions. And so it's uh, it's been challenging and we've been having to just uh, prayerfully and cautiously uh, move forward. And with that approach of just uh, saying, hey, you know, we recognize and you do as well as a local church here. COVID didn't catch God by surprise. Right. Like he knew that we would be living in this day and age right now and the world would have the the pain and the suffering and the uncertainty that this world would have. And he equips us today to reach this world and to reach your local community here uh, the way that he wants us to. And we recognize that as a a ministry. And so we decided, you know, we're just going to go. And so we had to kind of change locations every once in a while. There'd be a country that we were scheduled to go to. Uh, It was closed. So we go to a different one. And uh, last year, it was a lot of jumping through red tape and hoops and uh, the ups and the downs that that brought. Uh, But we were able last year, uh, through all the restrictions, to do uh, 17 medical clinics in 12 different countries. And through those clinics, uh, just about 17,000 patients received care. And we are so blessed that out of those patients, there was around 3,000 of those that accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And that's for us what it's all about. And what we recognize is that the medicines that we gave them, the eyeglasses that we put on their face, uh, the the teeth that we extracted, uh, those are all temporal things. Those are things that allow us the opportunity to connect with these people and really to meet their, what they feel their greatest need is. But we trust and we know that when they get connected to the local church, when they get introduced to the gospel message, that's what changes lives and that's what makes a difference. And so uh, it's, it's not so much about the thousands, it's about the individuals. Uh, Jerry Wyatt mentioned uh, the gentleman that got saved at the very first medical clinic that they did. And he has been serving ever since. And I was actually able to go to Tanzania just this last summer. And uh, Jerry, the same missionary, introduced me to another man named Zeno. Zeno was there on Sunday, opening the door for people as they came into church. He had a nice sharp pair of eyeglasses on his face. And Jerry said, hey, this is Zeno. I want you to meet him. And he came to our last clinic for eyeglasses. And when he came for eyeglasses, he received Jesus Christ. He since then got baptized, and now he's serving here at the church. And it was so neat to see each day that we provided clinic for that community last summer, Zeno was there at the registration table. And Zeno was registering people for clinic, getting to know them, which is our desire that we connect the local church members to the patients. We're just a background ministry. We're not there to be the heroes. We come in as a background to assist that church to reach their community. And it was so fun and and really convicting as here's a man, Zeno, that no doubt works every day for a daily wage. And he took off that entire week. He took off that week of work in a very difficult time amongst all the shutdowns and restrictions that they've had to be able to partner with our ministry, to be able to reach his community. And uh, that's, that's encouraging to me, but also convicting because any, anything that I like what was said before, we don't make sacrifices, but we make investments. 
but especially here in the United States, we'd have to go a long, long ways for anything of our giving to be a true sacrifice. But Zeno sacrificed last summer to reach his community and to partner with Medical Missions Outreach. Uh, but I want to thank you as a church for your love and your support. When I was here uh, last year, uh, many of you stayed in touch. You encouraged us. You uh, even supported us, uh, made it possible for us to do what we do. And uh, you've been a blessing to us as a church just to be able to get to know you and to have an ongoing relationship with you. And I'm really, really grateful. I will say that um, traveling with Medical Missions Outreach is a wonderful opportunity to go and to engage with missions. And as Pastor said, whether you're a medical professional or not, we need you to come. In fact, if I will say this, uh, there was a lot of doctors and nurses and people that stood up, so I have to be careful saying this, but I'm not a medical professional. I have a church ministry background, so I'm a little biased the other way. So those who come on the trip with us who are not medical, I'm going to say this quietly, they're all the medical professionals, don't listen. It's actually better if you're not medical. And here's why. Here's why. Because if you're the doctor, the nurse, you're seeing people, you're caring for them, and you're giving them medicine, and we know the medicine's going to help them, and we know the most important thing is they get introduced to Jesus Christ in a local church. But if you come as a non-medical person, you get to work in the optical clinic. And can I tell you the, the joy and gratification that it is when these people put eyeglasses on their face for the first time, and their face lights up, and there's dancing and singing because now they can see clearly. It's a blast. And so if you want to come... And uh, have a part of that, whether you're a medical professional or not. Uh, see me afterwards. I'd love to point you in a direction that would help you. You can jump on our website. There's a whole bunch of information there. I have some information on our, our table back there. Also a prayer card, if you wouldn't mind taking that. My family's on there, which is the much, much better part of the family. But I am grateful for the opportunity to be here. As we get come to the end of your Missions Emphasis Month, we recognize this is just the beginning, right? This is the end of the, the intentional focus of maybe the flags that are on your ceiling. But boy, this is the beginning of what God can do through your intentionality, through your focus, through your investment that you'll make and commit to making this month. And I love the, the focus of the month as um, you've been challenged in a great way. I've been kind of following along with the different speakers each week. And I trust that your heart's been stirred to ask yourself, what will it take for the gospel to advance? What will it take for the gospel to advance here in Mami or Toledo or Lucas County or Ohio or all around the world? What will it take? Better yet, how could I do more to advance the gospel? That's the question that I hope rings in your heart beyond even today. What could I do to further advance the gospel? And I think we should think locally and globally here. Acts 1.8 gives us that, that commission to think local and global. It doesn't say or Judea Samaria. It says and. And that's our, that's our challenge here. And so we should be thinking on these ways. And I think that your church has done a great job of introducing you to a lot of ways that you can engage and partner with missions all around the world and locally here in your community. It's often been said, money is the fuel that drives the engine of missions. Money is the fuel that drives the engine of missions. And as I hear that, I'll be honest with you, I have mixed thoughts towards it. Perhaps you do as well as I heard that. Money is the fuel that drives the engine of missions. One thing that missionaries are notorious for, Pastor, is just wanting more money, right? It's all about the money sometimes. And so while I have a tendency to agree with that, and all the missionaries who came in this month already and the ones that you support would probably unanimously say, hey, if we had more money, we could do more for the cause of Christ. That's true. 
But I would say that while that statement might be accurate, it feels incomplete. Because money, if that's the fuel, boy, that's, that's not the only critical component to, a, to an engine. In fact, fuel used in the wrong way can be quite dangerous. Fuel used in the wrong way can be the opposite of what is trying to be accomplished. An engine that's uh, fueled but doesn't have tires is pretty use- useless. An engine without belts or pulleys is lacking. An engine without oil will soon combust, right? And so there's these other components that are necessary beyond money. Your church is asking you to invest in missions. And certainly when we hear the word invest, we instantly go to money, don't we? That's just where our mind goes. Investments are financial. And it is financial. Well, we've been given so much collectively as well as individually. I love the, it's not a sacrifice, it's an investment. And so I do want to challenge you to invest. But if I would title my message today, I would title it, more than money. Because really, it's about more than money. Sure, it's maybe money's the fuel that drives the engine, but there are so many other critical components that are needed for the gospel to advance, both locally and around the world. But the beautiful thing about the scripture is that it tells us how we should do what we should do, how we should do what we're called to do. And so what I want to do is look at a a passage of scripture that is one of my favorites. Uh, It's found in John chapter 9. If you'll go with me there today in just the brief time that we have. And I want to challenge you a little bit about what else is it beyond money, beyond finances, that we have to have individually to advance the gospel. John chapter 9 is a passage that spoke to my heart when I was seeking God's will and saying, God, where should I serve? Where are you calling me to serve? And as I read through John chapter 9 and studied it, as well as uh, more uh, other scriptures in the Gospels, this was the passage that solidified the, the calling because of the model that we see here from Jesus Christ. In John chapter 9, Jesus has begun his earthly ministry. He's traveling around. He's already made the claim of the Messiah. And of course, we know that that has solicited mixed responses. There are some who are intrigued, some who are even followers of Christ. But there are many who are um, against what he's saying. And at best, they're skeptical about his claim of the Messiah. And so that's where we're going to pick up our story this morning in John chapter 9. I hope that we'll be challenged that there's more to reaching people than just money. And it's a call for all of us to search our life and say, what, where do I need to be more intentional? Where do I need to put more focus in order for the gospel to advance? Can we pray before we jump in this morning? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for their heartbeat towards reaching others for your glory. It's not just a collective heart, but I believe there's individuals here who have a burning passion and desire to see more people brought to you. And I pray through the uh, scriptures this morning, we can identify how we can better advance the gospel for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. John chapter 9, verse number 1 is where we're going to start. If we were to look at the last verse of chapter 8, John chapter 8, verse 59, it actually says, then they took up stones to cast at him. That's Jesus. They had made, Jesus had made the claim of the Messiah. They actually took up stones and they're throwing at him. No, you're not the Messiah. But he hid himself. He went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. So here's Jesus. If I could, I would say just living a day in, in his life. And if we as Christians could understand that missions actually looks like just living a day in the life of a Christian, that's what missions is. 
It's, it's not going on a missions trip. It's not a Sunday, uh, you know, place that you serve. Missions is us living our life. So how should we do that? Here's Jesus as he passed by, stones just being thrown at him. He leaves the temple, and here we pick up our story in verse number one. And as Jesus passed by, it says again, he's on his way somewhere. He saw a man which was blind from his birth. The first thing I'd like to draw out today, if I could, um, is that for us to reach people the way Jesus, God wants us to reach people. It's more than money, but it's vision to see people the way Jesus sees them. We need to have vision to see people the way Jesus sees them. Here in this story, Jesus looks at this man who was blind from his birth. How did Jesus see people? Well, I notice all throughout the Gospels, Jesus has this ability to um, look at groups of people and see individuals. You catch that? There's large groups of people around, and I believe in this story there is as well. He, there's probably people following him. He's made the claim of the Messiah. Here he's on his way somewhere. There's all these people around, and presumably here's this one man who is sitting there begging because he's blind. He doesn't have any way to make an income, and so he's there begging, and he's probably on a popular road where people are passing by often. And Jesus stops, and he pauses, and he sees this man. He looks at this man. Often in the scriptures, Jesus notices an individual from a group of people. I think about in uh, Luke chapter 19, as Jesus is walking by and there's little Zacchaeus that just wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. And so the large group is walking and here's Zacchaeus up in the tree. What does Jesus do? He stops and says, hey, Zacchaeus, you come with me today. In Luke chapter 8, again, a large group of people around Jesus Christ. And there's one lady who by faith just touches out and reaches the hem of his garment. What does Jesus do? Hey, who is it that touched me? Often in the scriptures, Jesus is noticing people as individuals, one by one. Can I ask you this morning, as just by way of challenge, when you look at people, what do you see? It's so easy for us to just see the general grouping, all the masses. Even here today, there's a couple few hundred people just staring at me, and I'm just looking over you as a big group. But the truth is, is that when Jesus looks at people, he looks at them one by one. He looks at him as, here's someone that God values. Here's someone that God loves. Here's someone who God created in his image. And if we are going to be more like Christ to reach the world, we need vision to see people the way Jesus sees them. One by one, someone that God loves and God values. Even in our clinics, as we serve masses and groups of people, We'll be going to the Dominican Republic next month. And as I'm there serving, certainly there will be lines of people by the hundreds. And we'll see thousands of people in clinic that week. But can I tell you, even as a missionary, I have to stop and say, it's not about the groups. It's not about the masses. It's about one by one, caring and loving for people. That's how the gospel is advanced, one by one. And that's what Jesus did. He had the ability to see people as individuals. Here in our story in verse number two, we see his disciples, they saw the same man, but they saw the wrong thing. His disciples asked him in verse 2, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? I believe that they maybe noticed Jesus looking at this man, and they said, you know what, we're going to take this opportunity to ask Jesus and clear up a cultural um, thought process here. It would have been thought in that day that if a man was born blind or lame or something like that, that it's a, a result of a sin. And so they said, let's take this opportunity to ask a theological question to Jesus Christ. And they, they looked at this man, and they, Jesus sees hope, he sees love, he sees a the future. They looked at this man and saw the shortcoming. 
the failure, the what went wrong. And if we're not careful Christians, as we advance in our Christianese lingo and our uh, sanctification process, we can begin to look at other people and ask what the disciples asked. What went wrong here, we might say? Somebody walks into our church that looks like, boy, they haven't been in church in a long time. Boy, they haven't even had a shower in a long time. We might start asking, boy, what, what parents aren't in the picture here where they should be? What education didn't get finished over here? What, what, what addiction caused this one? And we start speculating just like the disciples, but not Jesus. He saw someone that God loved and God made in his image. Jesus always saw hope. He saw that no one was too far gone to be reached by his love. No matter how much money one has, no matter what sins they've committed, no matter what vices are in one's life, no matter the color of their skin, God sees them the same way and he sees them with his love. Let's pray for vision to see people the way that Jesus sees them. That's what we need for the gospel to advance. As we go into our story, continuing verse number three, Jesus answered and he answers this question. And this could be a whole message just in itself. But he says, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. But then he quickly shifts focus. That was a, he wanted the disciples to know that, but I think he also wanted them to know in verse number four, when he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is trying to help his disciples understand. Listen, we can ask these sort of questions, but let me give you a quick answer. It's for God's glory is why this man is the way he is. It's so God can work in his life and get glory through it. But here's what you need to know, disciples. Here's what you need to know, Christians. We also need not only vision to see people the way Jesus sees them, we need urgency because our time is short. Jesus recognized and knew that his day was coming when he would be on the cross. He only had but three years of earthly ministry. And here's Jesus telling his disciples, listen, there's only so much time for us to do what we're going to do on this side of eternity. There's only so much time for us to love people and to share the gospel before our time is come, before our night is come. And Jesus lived that in his life. But I also see in Jesus' life throughout all the gospels, he didn't live with that mentality and then it caused a busyness about his life. Jesus lived with urgency and that urgency actually produced intentionality. You see, often we think of urgency and it's somebody scrambling around doing something and they're so busy. But Jesus's testimony in his life was exactly the opposite. In fact, even in this story, it says that as he passed by, he's going somewhere. He had a, a mission to do that day. He stopped everything and stopped and loved and cared for this man. Boy, as we live our life as Christians, can I challenge us to say, let's be careful not to live so busy, but how can we live more intentional? How can we do the things that matter for eternity while it is day? Because there's a time when we cannot do those things anymore. I don't know what urgency and what intentionality you need in your life, but I trust that through these last couple of weeks, as you've been presented with different opportunities, boy, let's say, let's call time out on some of our American busyness and say, where can I live more intentional? Where can I, where can I plug in and, and do something for the kingdom, for the, what matters for eternity, living intentional, not busy? I don't know what it'll look like for you, but I trust that God will work in your heart. I don't know if you've ever um, had a time where you've worked against a clock. Right now, as I'm preaching, 
there's like seven clocks on the back wall telling me what time it is and what time I need to be done. I'm, I'm preaching with intentionality, right? If it wasn't for those clocks, boy, I would, I would talk about March Madness. There were some good games last night. There's going to be some good games today. Um, I would talk about uh, maybe these nice shoes that Pastor Rands have, has on. We could talk about a lot of things. But why are we not talking about all the uh, extra things that we could talk about today? Why are we not talking about um, you know the weather, the this or that? Why is this section of time being so intentional? I'm trying to use my words carefully. Why is that? It's all because of that clock back there. And the truth is, is that if we as Christians would learn to recognize on our life, there's a clock. We all only have so much time on this side of eternity. We would live our day-to-day lives in a different way if we focused more on the time is short. We only have so much time, my friends. And I'm just as guilty as anyone to where I I end up living a lot of my life on um, temporal things, things that don't matter, the niceties that we get to enjoy in our country, But the truth is, is that Jesus Christ calls us to live an intentional life, a life that is urgent to what matters. Boy, I pray that today we could all have more intentionality to live life for what matters. In verse 6, as we finish up, Jesus then says, When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said unto them, go wash in the pool of Shalom, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. We not only need vision to see people the way that Jesus sees them. We not only need uh, uh, urgency because our time is short. We need action to meet people where they are. Jesus, here in our story, he spits on the ground and presumably gets down where this man is. And he comes down and he cares for this man right where this man is by putting the the mud on his eyes. And then he tells him, he says, hey, you go and you wash in this pool. He meets this man literally right where he is. We need action to meet people where they are. Often through the scripture, we see Jesus um, doing something about the needs around him. It's often uh, recorded as Jesus was moved with compassion He allowed his eye to affect his heart, and then he allowed his heart to affect his actions. And so it starts with us seeing the right things. When you go in your workplace this week, when you go into your school this week, or your um, neighborhood, wherever it is, can I challenge you to ask yourself, am I seeing people the way that Jesus sees them? Or am I just seeing a neighbor or a coworker? Am I just seeing the, the clothing they wear and the hairstyle they have? Or am I seeing them as someone that God loves and God cares for? Am I living with an urgency for the things that matter? And then is that producing an action that meets people where they are? Jesus always met people where they were, whether rich or poor, whether healthy or sick, whether happy or sad, Jesus met them where they were. He was in the streets. He was in their homes. He lived a life on mission. He lived intentional. And so for us as Christians, how can we uh, advance the kingdom? It's about investing, yes, but it's about investing with the right vision to see people the way that Jesus sees them. It's about investing with, with an urgency. Boy, that might look financial, but that might mean there's somebody that God placed in your life this week that you should take time and, and identify. And here, here's what we see in the scripture. Jesus often cared and loved people with their physical need, even before mentioning or, or telling them about their spiritual need. You recognize that in scripture a lot? He's healing people. He's listening to people. He's caring for people. And that's what our ministry model is. 
We go into these countries and we recognize that these people feel they have a great need in their life and we want to help them with that. But then it gives us the opportunity to tell them what really their greatest need is in Jesus Christ. That's how we should live as Christians. We should put action to the needs around us and meet people where they are. If we were to finish our story here in John chapter 9, and we don't have all the time to do it, but we would see that his eyes are opened. He can now see. And it's, it should really be the greatest day in his life as he sees another human face for the first time. He sees the sky and the trees. And some of his friends notice that he's walking around and seeing. And they say, hey, isn't this the, the blind man who was begging? I think that's him. Let's, let's go ask him what is going on here. And they, they ask him and he says, listen, I was begging as I always am. And somebody came by, they put this stuff in my eye. They told me to go wash and now I can see. And they're like, wait a minute, when did that happen? He's like, today, it just happened. And they're like, who was it? I think his name was Jesus. That's why I heard people saying a lot about Jesus. I think that's what it was. They're like, oh, okay, come with us. They take him into the, the temple there to meet the spiritual leaders of the day. And they said, this man here, he claimed that Jesus healed him today on the Sabbath day. And they're like, oh no, Jesus, he's a Messiah. He couldn't do that. Tell us about it. They're like, listen, I'm telling you. I was sitting there begging as I always am. This group of people came by. I'm, I'm begging. He comes down. He puts his stuff in my eyes, tells me to go wash. I wash. Now I can see. That's all I know. And they're like, okay, sure. On the Sabbath? Yeah, today. They get his parents in there. In verse number 20, they call on his parents and, and they, the parents testify. They say, listen, we know this is our son. Again, they're nervous. It's the spiritual leaders of the day. This is our son, but we don't know what happened to him. He's of age. Ask him. They turn to him. <laughs> Here he is again, the blind man. Listen, guys, I was blind. I was begging. This is what I do. I, this group came along. The guy put stuff in my eyes. My eyes are open. Now I can see. And that's where we quickly pick up the story in verse number 34 as we finish. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. The spiritual leaders of the day, out of here. His parents betraying him, don't even stand up for him. What should have been the greatest day of this man's life? He's rejected, he's cast out, he's all alone. Listen, my friends, it doesn't matter if it's through, and I'll say this nicely, through adoption, through fostering, through addiction recovery, if one gets their physical needs met, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus, they're not made whole. They're not complete. But look at, the, look at what Jesus did. And this is our model. This is our example. In verse number 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, that Jesus had found him, he said unto him, dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, thou hast both seen him, and it's he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Well, we can do a lot of things and people need a lot of things. They need care for, they need loved. Boy, I love the focus of your, your church and uh, reaching your community, loving people where they are. But let's remember they're not made whole and they're not made complete until they get pointed to Jesus Christ, till they recognize who their savior is. And the happiest day of this man's life was not because his eyes were open, but because he recognized who his Messiah is. And if you're here today, um, well, even as Christians, but if you're not saved and you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your savior. We live in a society that fills the empty void in our life with so many things, nicer clothes, promotions, better cars, bigger houses. And we think these things will give us wholeness and completion, but we continue to grasp and we continue to want because they leave us lacking. 
It's only through Jesus Christ that we find that completion. It's only through Jesus Christ that we are made whole. So it's more than money. It's more than money. Sure, I want you to to invest. I want you to invest passionately. Invest in things that matter. But let's do it with eyes that sees people the way that Jesus sees them. Let's do it with an urgency. An urgency that says, you know what, let's not just give up the extras. Let's, Let's try to give above and beyond. Let's try to do more. Let's try to be intentional. But let's do it also with action that meets people where it is. Something that calls for a a breaking of our daily rhythm. As Jesus passed by, it said in verse number one. That means for us, translated, as he was on his way to work. And God says, hey, stop and talk to this person. Hey, take a minute while you walk into work and talk to that receptionist about the, the relational issues that they're having. Speak truth into their life. It means as we're doing what we're doing, living on mission for God's glory. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.